In Judges, chapter 8, after the anointed victory over the Midianites, the men of Israel turned to God's appointed leader and judge, Gideon, and asked him to rule over them, both he and his son and his grandson. But Gideon properly answers them in verse 23, I will not rule over you, nor shall my son rule over you. The Lord shall rule over you. Hi, this is Patty Scalzo, welcoming you to Shi'ar Jashub, which in Hebrew means, A remnant shall return. This wonderful scripture in the book of Judges is so crucial to the teaching we have been studying for some time now on heavenly authority. In our last broadcast, we started to listen to a Sunday sermon delivered by my husband, Greg Scalzo, pastor of Shear Jashub Christian Tabernacle in Madison, Connecticut, on this important response by Gideon. And today we are happy to continue the message. Pastor has discussed the sinful human nature that seeks to replace the rule of God with some human idol, and how important it is for those who are truly called by God to positions of leadership to embrace and exhibit the same attitude as Gideon. Only the Lord himself can rule and reign over us, his people. At the end of the program, I will be giving you an address where you can write to us and tell you how you can join us for Sunday service. But now, let's rejoin Pastor Greg where he left off last time. And Gideon understands, as should all those who are anointed with heavenly authority, that each individual must answer to the Lord, each must go to the Lord directly. And the Lord was to rule them. They don't need a king as the pagan nations needed a king. They didn't need an intermediary ruler to go to God or to have direction from God. And for that matter, a kingship or any like rule, any absolute power, can also turn around and hurt and corrupt all those in leadership. We'll see it with Gideon's children. We'll see it in First and Second Samuel and First and Second Kings and First and Second Chronicles, how the power that does then become invested in the kingship can often be corrupted. And it would be good for some religious leaders to recognize this principle, that we who are called into leadership are called to be leaders, not to be rulers. And that's the proper response of authority. Jesus taught his disciples clearly in Mark chapter 10. This is the section where James and John, they come, their mother comes, asking the request that he grant that one would sit on one hand and one on the other hand when Jesus came into his glory. And Jesus tells them, do you know what you ask? Are you able to drink the cup that I drink and be baptized with the baptism that I am baptized with? And he tells them that it's not for him to give who will sit at his right hand and who will sit at his left. And it says in verse 41, when the ten, the other apostles heard it, they began to be greatly displeased with James and John. But Jesus, verse 42 of chapter 10, called them to himself and said to them, You know that those who are considered rulers over the Gentiles lord it over them, and their great ones exercise authority over them. That's a good summary, right, of the human situation. That in the pagan world, and you see it in business, you see it in government, 
you see it in all the nations around the globe, that those who are considered rulers over the Gentiles lorded, they lorded over them, and their great ones exercise authority over them. Verse 43, Yet it shall not be so among you, but whoever desires to become great among you shall be your servant. And whoever of you desires to be first shall be slave of all. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. The King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the only one who is God in the flesh, who rightly is the King of the Kingdom of God, when he comes to this world, he comes as a servant to serve us, to save us, to give his life as a ransom for many. That is the mode, the template for the kingdom. If the king who will rule and reign for all eternity does such, then it is not to be among us in the Christian church as it is in the world, among the Gentiles where people in power exercise great authority, where they lord it one over the other. And some people like to have others lord over them. Notice here with the people of Israel, they want to give that power to Gideon. Some people like to rule, and some people like to be ruled. It is not to be so among you, but whoever desires to become great among you shall be your servant. In Christianity, if we have leadership, it's a call to service. It's a call to be a servant. It's a call to help, to give help to others, to minister to others, not to set oneself up on a high throne with much gold and silver and position and power to establish a dynasty where others bow down and worship at your feet. It's to be a servant. It's to be a slave, to help as Jesus helped, to be the very last. And in Christianity, it's the opposite of the world power situation. In Christianity, those who are first, who are called into authority, must be the very last. Because that's what Messiah did. He was the very first. He became the last and the servant of all. Just the opposite of the world's thinking. And in that way, then, people know there is a God in heaven, and he must rule. We are not seeking to set before people dynasties or kingdoms. And all too many times, you see it in the old uh, established churches, but you see it in the new Pentecostal and evangelical churches. Dynasties can be established. There's a whole power structure that can subtly creep into a church and into a denomination, into a ministry. And God calls individuals to ministry. When you say Moses, when you say David and Isaiah, you think of men who had ministries. And yet, none of them desire to rule over the people, to be in a position that supplanted God. And so Gideon says, I will not rule over you, nor shall my son rule over you. The Lord shall rule over you. This is an interesting time in Israel's history during the book of Judges. There is the tabernacle and there's the priesthood over at Shiloh. 
They have not yet obviously come to Jerusalem. David's not yet on the scene. But there's no formal ruling institution. There's no formal government or king except for the religious system that God has set before them. Rather, we have seen in Judges how the Spirit anoints different leaders, different judges, deliverers from different tribes as the need arises and on an individual basis. He picks one from the tribe of Manasseh, one from this tribe, one from that tribe, as the need comes up. And so it's a period of individual responsibility where each man and woman was to go before the Lord and the Lord was to rule and to reign even in the governmental affairs. This is the heart of God. You see this even at Sinai where that trumpet blast sounds. He desires them all to be priests. God desires us all to be responsible individuals who are able to govern ourselves. Each under the Lord, submissive to him, united by the tabernacle, which they were supposed to recognize. And there's a freedom and a liberty that the Israelites have at this point before the kingship is established with Saul. But this independence, this freedom, assumes Sinai. It assumes a unified belief in God. It assumes a unified belief in God's ways, a unified worship at that tabernacle. For that matter, we'll see how when they were to come into the promised land, they were to actually seek the place where the Lord would choose to establish his dwelling place. They were to be fixed and focused on establishing the life of the Lord in Israel, the central life of God in Israel. And they were not going about doing that. As we've read in the book of Judges, they've been doing evil in the sight of the Lord. Later on, they'll plead with Samuel for a king. Give us a king just like the nations have. But they had independence and they had freedom at this point. And that freedom to be successful, that independence, and obviously you can see the correlation to the United States of America. When you have freedom, when you have independence, it assumes a moral, godly, self-restrained, self-regulating people with each person standing before God, accountable to God, and the Lord then ruling each. And it's a wonderful thing for people who recognize their dependence on God and his lordship over them to have freedom and to have independence. But instead, with the Israelites in the book of Judges, their independence is tainted with apostasy. And the apostasy characterizes that time period, how they turn over and over again to the pagan gods, to evil, how they turn away from the Lord God. They don't let the Lord rule over them. They were to be responsible individuals with the Lord ruling over each. They do not let the Lord rule over them. And so their independence and their freedom for an immoral, ungodly people only meant continued sin and then tremendous suffering and chaos and terrible sadness. As you read towards the end of the book of Judges, there are terrible situations you read about and terrible sadness because they did not respect the fact that when you have liberty and you have freedom, it's not to do whatever you want to do, each as everyone pleases. 
Rather, it's to let the Lord God reign over us. And independence of freedom only works for a moral, godly people who understand their position before the Lord and their dependence on Him and their self-restrained by Him. That's when liberty and freedom can work. Self-rule requires, it necessitates, that each individual allow God to rule his or her life for it to be successful. And that's true for a nation, and it's true for a church body. The name Shir Jeshub comes from the book of Isaiah and means a remnant shall return. The fellowship of Shir Jeshub Christian Tabernacle of Madison, Connecticut is dedicated to sending forth the good news of our Lord Jesus Christ and witnessing His salvation message to a generation at risk. If you are a Christian and would like to help support this evangelical outreach, donations should be sent to Shear Jashub Christian Tabernacle, Post Office Box 518, Branford, Connecticut, 06405. Also, if you will be in the Madison, Connecticut area, we would like to invite you to join us for Sunday worship. Shear Jashub Christian Tabernacle meets every Sunday morning at 10 a.m. in the upper room of the Madison Memorial Hall on Meeting House Lane. Services include praise, worship, communion, and study of the Lord's Word. Take I-95 to exit 61. Go south to Route 1. Turn right, and at the next light, turn right again. Please join us for our next broadcast of Shear Jashub.